Amen. Well, we are in the New Testament portion of our series called Storyline. And uh, what we've been doing all year is looking at this, this thread that runs from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation that points us to Jesus. And I just love the reminder that Moody gave us this morning of the reason why we're doing this series. And, and I, I think why is a great question because it's, it's what uh, we try to, uh, the question that we try to come around first and everything that we do. Um, but, but we want to, we want to raise everybody's biblical knowledge. And so that we know the life that God has called us to live and we know how we can more clearly follow Jesus in, 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 in our day and age. And so that's why we're doing this uh, series. And as we learned a few weeks ago, we even talked about how you and I can handle temptation, that it's not willpower is how we handle temptation, but it's through the word of God. Just like Jesus responded to, to temptation, you and I can respond to temptation with say. It is written. Yes, exactly. That we know what's written in the word of God will help us overcome temptation. And so that's why this series is so crucial. That's why we're going through the Bible at this 30,000 foot view. And this morning, we're going to look at this passage about Peter uh, walking on water. And uh, we, you know, most of us may be familiar with this passage. And, uh, and Jesus asked Peter a question that, that I think... Uh, it can be true of us sometimes. And the question is, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? I think all of us at some point in our lives struggle with doubt. Anybody ever struggle with doubt when it comes to God? I mean, yeah, most of us have, all right? And um, I mean, I know I have, I continue to uh, struggle with doubt. And, and we, you know, something happens in our lives and we start asking the question of, you know, God, why me? Why her? Why them? Why now? Why this? Why, 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 why? And we start to doubt, have our doubts about God. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. So just, just two observations from this passage this morning. Let me give them to you up front. Okay. Just two of why do we doubt? Okay. And then what do we do about it? What do we do about it when we do doubt? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 14 this morning. Matthew chapter 14. And uh, we're going to look at uh, this story about Peter walking on water in the doubt that the disciples are struggling with. So in verse 22, we'll put it up on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. But verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. Now, they had just fed 5,000 people, okay, pretty miraculously. And we'll come back to that in just a moment. Um, but he put them and told them to go to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he went... He was, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and he was beginning to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, 
Why do you doubt? So three reasons why we doubt. I hope you'll take notes this morning. But three reasons why you and I doubt when it comes to our relationship with God. And the first reason is this, is that uh, we have memory loss. We have memory loss is the reason why we doubt. This is word doubt that Jesus uses. It literally means to go two different ways at the same time. To go two different directions at the same time. And, and again, the Greek language is such a descriptive language um, that when they would use particular words, it would bring, bring a kind of a word picture to mind. And the, kind of the best way to describe this is, let me just ask you have, you, have you ever walked into a room and forgot why you went in there? Anybody? Okay, right. So, so yeah, it happened this morning, right? Some of you are like, why am I here right now? Um, but, uh, but you go into a room and you forget why you're there. And, and then, so what do you do? Well, you, you kind of pause for a moment. You can't really think. And so you go into another room. You go a different direction, go into another room to do something you can remember to do, okay? And this is what the disciples are experiencing, that they, they, they have forgotten, okay, what, uh, what Jesus has done. And so they're starting to doubt. So let's ask ourselves, and this is just kind of how, how we need to approach the Bible. Let's ask ourselves, what has the disciples, what have they experienced with Jesus up to this point? Well, the, the disciples, um, they saw Jesus turn water into wine. Now you would think if you saw Jesus at a wedding turn water into wine, you would kind of remember, okay, hey, if he can do that and he put us in this boat, he can take care of us, Right? But that's, that's not all they saw. They saw Jesus bring a dead girl back to life. Surely if they saw that happen with their own eyes, that when Jesus said, get into this boat, go to the other side, and the storm comes up on them, surely they would just think, oh, hey, you know, don't sweat it. Jesus has got this. But that, that, that's not all they experienced. They saw Jesus uh, heal a Roman centurion's servant. They saw Jesus heal this paralyzed guy. His, his buddies dug this hole in the roof while he was teaching and they lowered him down right in front of them. And he said, get up and walk. They, they saw Jesus heal a multitude of, uh, of sick people. And, and, and just think, put yourselves there. If you were a disciple, if I were a disciple, if we saw Jesus do all of this, okay, and he tells us to get in the boat, go to the other side, and this storm hits and we're afraid for our lives, don't you think we would at least say, hey guys, let's stop for a minute. Let's remember who Jesus is and what we've seen him do. They didn't do that because they have memory loss. And so apparently, just seeing miracles happen isn't enough, because we'll forget so easily what Jesus has done for us in the past. And that's what the disciples have forgotten. They've forgotten who Jesus is and what he has done. So this is one of the best reasons why we should journal. Okay, and I'm not saying, when I say journal, I'm not talking about a diary, you know, and we do your diary and we write two or three pages at a time and, you know, lock it up and stick it someplace where nobody, I'm not, journaling when it comes to our spiritual walk is just taking a notebook and writing down two or three sentences, two or three times a month, two or three times a week, 
you can write a couple of paragraphs. It does, it's not about how much time. It's just what you're recording, what you're, what you're writing down. And what we need to write down when we journal is just to remember how God answered a prayer or how we saw the Lord move in our lives or what God did in this friend's life. And, and so that when we start to experience memory loss, we can go back to our little notebooks that we wrote down a couple of sentences and we can rem- remember who Jesus is and what he's done. And if he did this in the past, he can certainly do it now. So I can just chill out and I can remember. So first reason why we doubt is the memory loss. Second reason why we doubt is we have attention issues. Anybody not with me? You're already working on your fantasy football attention issues kind of deal. Um, But we have attention issues. I mean, Jesus just fed 5,000 people and, and they only counted the men, okay? And so it was probably closer to a crowd of maybe 15,000. And Jesus took a, a few loaves of bread and, 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 and two fish and he fed that many people. In other words, Jesus took something that looked like it was too little and he made it into too much, and in this passage, he, he takes something that looks like it's too much to handle, okay? The rain, the storm, the winds, the waves. It looks like it's too much for them to handle. And by walking on the water, Jesus demonstrates to his disciples that he is way bigger than the storm. And they need to pay attention to that. That he's showing them and he's showing us that he is Lord over all creation and that, and that Jesus is bigger than the storm. Now, the passage, this passage is, is even, isn't even about Jesus walking on the water. This passage is about what the disciples lacked. And I would argue that, that that's kind of true of us that, that when we're in the middle of, of a storm, difficult circumstances, impossible situations, when we're in the middle of the storm, we tend to focus on what we need instead of the one who already knows what we need. During a difficult situation, we tend to focus on what we lack instead of the one who can provide what we lack. In the middle of a storm, we tend to focus on on what's causing the pain and the suffering and the anxiety instead of the one who can speak peace to any storm. And that's what the disciples are doing. They're focusing on their circumstances instead of the one who is Lord over the circumstance. In verse 26, it says that Jesus, they saw Jesus walking on the water. And my question to the text is, my question to us is how long did it take the disciples to realize that Jesus was with them in the storm? Because their attention was so focused on the storm. How long did it take them to realize that, that Jesus was with them? Because typically in a storm, our, our attention is on the storm. Our attention is on the circumstances. So we don't really see Jesus walking through the storm with us. So, so here's another reason why we're doing this series. It, because we can go back to all these stories throughout the whole Bible. And, and God continues to say to the people of Israel... Do not be afraid. 
or terrified because of them. For I am the Lord your God. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And he says that time and time and time again. There's no condition to that. There's no condition to the promise that he makes to the people of Israel to say, hey, you know, I'll, I won't leave you as long as you don't leave me. I mean, they left him all the time, but he remains faithful. He doesn't say, hey, I'm only gonna be there for you if you keep me first on a list of no others instead of a list of many others. He says, this is my promise to you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And, and, and then he says to the people of Israel, and he says to us, hey, when you address me, you don't have to call me sir. You don't have to call me Mr. God. You call me father. And so we get so focused on the storm. And I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize any, uh, anything that we go through because you know storms of life, they, they are painful and they are difficult. But so many times we're so focused on that, we miss the promise of his presence. And he's right there with us. And so let me just ask you, where in your life do you feel like you've, given, you've been given too much to deal with? Just think about that for a moment. Where in your life do you feel like you've been, you've been given too much to deal with? Maybe, maybe it's that, that medical diagnosis. Maybe it's that breakup or that unemployment or that guilt and shame from the past. And it just feels like it's too much to deal with. But I would, I would, I would challenge you. I would encourage you. I would beg you to put your focus on Jesus. Put your focus on Jesus and embrace the promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And he is right there with you you. Third reason why we, why we doubt is we don't really believe he's good. We don't really believe he's good. That why, why are the disciples' attention, why is the disciples' attention more on the waves than on Jesus? That they're, they're more focused on what they can do in this circumstance. They're more concerned, they're more focused on their skills. I mean, they're fishermen by trade, most of them. And so they know this lake. They know the Sea of Galilee quite well. They've been in storms before, but for whatever reason, this storm was a little different. And, and so they're relying on themselves. They're relying on their skills and their expertise and their background. And, and, and the storm at hand and they're starting to freak out that, that, that they're starting to think, okay, maybe when Jesus told us to get in the boat, maybe this was his way of just ending us. And they're not trusting his goodness. You see, Peter says, if it's you, Lord, tell me to get out of the boat and come to you. And Jesus says, come. And he's walking on the water. And I'm sure that would like, freak any of us out, right? If you know, we went to our swimming pools this afternoon and we just took, I took a step instead of going straight to the bottom, we just started walking. And so I'm sure Peter's pretty freaked out, but his focus is on Jesus. But then he starts looking at the, the waves around him and he starts getting distracted by the wind and the rain. He takes his focus off of Jesus and he begins to sink. And so he began to sink because he, he didn't believe that, that Jesus, he started to question Jesus's goodness. And that's at the core of every sin that's been ever committed going back to Adam and Eve. 
I mean, go, go, go back to the Garden of, uh, the Garden of Eden. I mean, we're, here's our storyline series. And God tells Adam and Eve, hey, you can do anything you want. You can eat of anything in this garden, but you cannot eat of this tree. You cannot eat its fruit. And what do they do? They eat it. They start doubting God in his goodness and they start trying, you know, start asking themselves, well, can God really be trusted? Is God holding out on us? Is God going to get, you know, is he going to be there for us today? Is he going to give us what we need today? You know, is he a really good God or not? And those are the questions that we still ask today. How do I know if God's really going to show up? How do I know if God is really good? How can God really be trusted in this circumstance? See, in every, behind every doubt is this doubt of God's goodness. So what do we do about it? Well, the foundation, the first step, the, what, what we have to realize first is that we're sinking. We're all sinking spiritually because of our sin. Now, we haven't gotten to rock bottom yet because a lot of us think, well, you know, if I can be really good or if I can do a lot of religious good things, if I can, you know, do more good things than bad things and tip the scale my way, then maybe just maybe God would see fit to let me in. But I would say to that, we, we, we don't realize we're sinking. We don't realize the hopeless situation that our sin has put put us in. But the moment that Peter realizes he's sinking, the moment he realizes that his only hope to be saved is to call out to Jesus. And the moment he does, Jesus reaches out and saves him. And the same is true for us. The moment we give up trying to make ourselves good enough, the moment we give up and putting our trust and our confidence in our own abilities and our own skills and our own background and our own past, the moment we put our faith in Jesus, the moment we cry out for him and ask him to forgive us of our sins and, put, and make him our savior and our Lord, he reaches down and he saves us. So that's the starting point. But what else do we do about our doubt? Well, let's get real practical, okay? Let's just recap a little bit. What do we do about it when we have memory loss? Well, we need to remember who Jesus is through scripture. And memory takes time, okay? Memory uh, takes meditation. Memory takes process, And this was even true for Jesus. If you go to verse 23, it says that Jesus went on the mountainside by himself. Why? Because he wanted to spend time alone with his heavenly father, reflecting and remembering and processing and loving and enjoying his relationship with his heavenly father. And you and I are invited to do the same with our Heavenly Father, to spend time just reflecting and remembering and enjoying who He is. That we have to sit in spaces of memory and, 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 and reflection and meditation. And there's a couple ways to do that. Number one, we do it with Scripture. And we said, we said last week that we, as we go through scripture, we look for the different names and characteristics of God. We highlight, you know, or underline our commands or promises of God so that we can remember who he is. We also go through, also prayer that helps us with our memory loss. We said last week that we declare God's greatness, that then we again uh, go through a time of surrendering 
our will. And then we go through a time of acknowledging our dependence on him. And then it's a personal prayer time with Jesus, with our heavenly father, pouring our heart out to him. And then it's through worship. It's singing songs about who God is and what he's done for us and reminding ourselves and reminding our brothers and sisters of who he is and what he's done. You know, this morning, just, and my heart is so distracted and uh, just a lot is rushing through my mind this morning. And this morning, instead of singing as loud as I possibly could, I just stood in silence and I let my brothers and sisters in Christ, as you guys sing, just remind me of who God is. I didn't sing a word. I just listened. That doesn't mean I didn't worship. That just means I allowed you guys to remind me of who God is. So that's how we deal with our memory loss. Uh, what, about, what about our attention issues, okay? Have you figured out who you're starting yet, guys, this, this afternoon, quarterback-wise, okay? We have attention issues, right? So what do we do about that? Well, we need to focus on the sacrifice of Jesus. We need to focus on that Jesus came and he lived a life that we can't live and he died the death that we deserve, now, now, we can't ignore the storms of life. We can't ignore our circumstances and our situations. That would, be, that would be irresponsible, okay? But we can, in the midst of those, focus on the sacrifice of Jesus and know that we have a Savior who knows what it's like to be betrayed. We have a Savior who knows what it's like to be forgotten. We have a Savior who knows what it's like to be rejected. We have a Savior who knows what it's like to feel alone. We have a savior that knows what it's like to suffer physically. And so we remember the sacrifice of Jesus. In verse 27, when, the, when they said, you know, you know, Jesus, is that you? And, and it says here in our English translation, it said, Jesus says, it is I. That's not really what he says. He literally says, I am. And what he's, he's using that that Old Testament name of God. Then Moses said, who should I tell Pharaoh sent me? I don't even know your name. And he says, tell them I am. I am Jehovah God. I am the one true God. And Jesus uses, he says, I am. I am creator and I am sustainer of all things. And so let's not let the power of the waves and the storm and the rains and the circumstances cause us to have attention issues, but let's set our focus on Jesus and his sacrifice for us. And then what do we do when we don't really believe that he is good? I'm just gonna ask the band to come and get ready to lead us into this time of response. But, but what do you and I do? Because if we're just being honest, and if I'm being honest with you, there's times that I think, okay, well, surely, how in the world does this mean that God is good? Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things. So what difficulty have you gone through that you're currently going through what heartache what pain what loss doesn't fall into that category none of it it all falls in to this category and we know 
that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What that tells us is that God is always working for our good and his glory and his purpose. And, we, and that's when we, we stop and we say, okay, well, preacher, how in the world can God make something good come from this cancer diagnosis? How in the world can God make something good come from this divorce? How in the world can God make something good uh, happen from my rebellious adult child? How in the world can God make something good come from this financial catastrophe? How in the world can God do that? How is he gonna do that? And I would say to you, I I don't know, I'm not God. But what I can do is I can go back to my journal and I can tell you how God has used devastation in my life for my good. And if we have eternity in mind, I do know that all of these circumstances have the potential to cause our hearts and our minds to turn to the one true God. And isn't that a good thing? I do know that all these potential, all, all, all of these hardships and all these storms in life have the potential to, to recognize that we are so dependent upon God and only he can do something about it. And so at the very least, I'm gonna start praying to him like I should have been praying all along. Isn't that a good thing? I know that through devastation in my life that I can walk into a hospital room that somebody faces immense loss because I, I know what it's like to lose a spouse and I can say to them, listen, I can't tell you if everything's gonna work out the way we want it to work out, but I can tell you we had the promise of his presence and he is right here with us. So let's press into that. I can sit down because of circumstances in my life. I can sit down with a man who's lost their job and and say, listen, I know that you're thinking identity issues right now. I know you're thinking important issues right now. I know you're thinking about providing and let's just, but I also know that through looking at my journal that God provided somehow, some way, and it wasn't easy and it wasn't fun, but he did it. And so let's just press into the presence of God for a moment. And as we look back, we say, oh, wow. He sustained me. That was good. He provided for me. That was good. He comforted me. That was good for me. And somehow, some way, he used all that to impact others for the kingdom. And that's his purpose. It's okay to doubt. I don't want anybody to walk away thinking that it's not, that that's, it's okay to doubt. But where are we gonna take those doubts? And let's take it to Jesus. Father God, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you just for the testimony of their songs this morning as it washed over my heart and mind. Father, I pray that you would do the same for each one of our hearts that you would remind us of who you are and all that you've done for us through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if that's all you did for us, that would be way more than good enough. But thank you that you don't stop there. 
And so Father, for that, for that, that, that my brother or sister that's going through a, a medical crisis, that's going through a financial crisis, that's going through a relationship crisis, God, remind them, let them call out to you. Let them know that you're there. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. I, I, I know we haven't done this in a while, but, but I feel like there's some people here that need to be prayed for. And so uh, my wife and I are going to be down here. I'm going to ask if some of our prayer team or uh, our, our leadership team, guys, if you'll kind of maybe some of you go to the back, some of you come up here, and uh, that we would just pray um, that as we stand, if you'll go back there. And, uh, and if you need prayer for something, just, just come and let us remind you of who God is. So let's stand and let's press into the presence of God. And you come for prayer if you need to.